This is your announcer, Chuck Landington, welcoming you to the Metal Injection Livecast. Anthrax is putting out their own brand of hand sanitizer. Cool, what's next? Cannibal Corpse Loop. Actually, that's not a bad idea. When is Corpse Grinder coming back on the show? This could be big. The Metal Injection Livecast starts now. This could be big. Every, every metal band should release a hand sanitizer. Welcome to the Metal Injection Livecast. We are live. It's September 22nd. And my name is Rob. Thank you for joining, as always. I'm here with the lovely Noah, the Hello. lovelier Darren, and the loveliest Sid. Oh, thank you. And we have a very, very special guest joining us right at the top of the show. And she's been making headlines all over the country. Uh, and she is a metalhead, so we're so excited to have her. Aria DeMezzo is here. And uh, for, for those of you, welcome, Aria. Thank and, you. Uh, for those Thanks of you, for having me on. Absolutely. It's our pleasure. And uh, if you haven't been keeping up with the world of politics, uh, Aria is a... A trans self-described Satanist metalhead and you won the Republican nomination for New Hampshire County Sheriff. Yes. And for uh, Cheshire County. For Cheshire. Oh, for Cheshire County specifically yeah. in New Hampshire, not uh the entire state. And uh so first just to get like why did you decide to to do to run for the Republican nomination? Are you a Republican? I'm not a Republican. I mean, I'm, a, I'm registered as a Republican, but I'm obviously not a Republican. And I don't really see eye to eye with Republicans on pretty much anything. But Libertarians don't have, you know, ballot access here in New Hampshire. So when it came time for us to either go out there and collect signatures to get ourselves on the ballot in November, we had an easier option. And that was just to join up with the Republicans who are basically non-existent here in Cheshire County. I mean, they exist, but... Is, is a very small group. So the opportunity was there for us to just go in and continue doing our thing. So you're saying it's a primarily uh, Democratic uh, voting county, and Correct. you saw an opportunity, and, and, and the sheriff typically runs unopposed. So you saw an opportunity where like, you wouldn't be on the final ballot if you kind of ran, primaried the sheriff, whereas if you ran on the Republican ticket, you're guaranteed to be on the, on the ballot on election day. Yeah, if I had run as a Democrat, um, obviously Eli Rivera, the incumbent, would have won the primary as well. Mm -hmm. But by running as a Republican, I got to skip all of that, basically, because the guy who normally runs for the Republicans, for whatever reason, this year didn't. I guess he's tired of losing. I mean, he, he has lost four times in a row. I'm sure he's tired of it. Like the Washington generals of New Hampshire politics. <laughs> <laughs> and... Uh, you know, my favorite part of the story, obviously, uh, since this is the Metal Injection Livecast, is that you're a metalhead. I am indeed. Uh, Been listening to rock as long as I can remember. That's awesome. So what are, what are some of your current uh, jams? Uh, probably still A Perfect Circle and Pink Floyd. They've been tied for my favorite bands for the better part of my life, and I don't see anyone else really displacing them. But there's also a lot of Disturbed, a lot of Trivium, a, lot, a, a whole lot of Barrel Mets, and as you might expect that I'm listening to. Of course, they just released a new album. I haven't had the chance to check it out yet, but that, their work is always great. So that's generally what I'm listening to at the moment, some combination of A Perfect Circle, Pink Floyd, Barrel Mets, and a Disturbed. Cool. And uh, speaking of Trivium, uh, I messaged them because you made you one did. of their songs. <laughs> uh, you made one of their songs, your official uh, campaign anthem. Uh, yes. And 
uh, I messaged them like, hey, guys, did you see this? Uh, and they loved it, specifically yeah. uh, Matt Heafy, the front man, and the bassist, uh, Paulo Gregoletto. How, how was that, uh, seeing them support your cause? Oh, it was amazing. I've listened to trivia most of my life. So interacting them to whatever degree was fantastic. But to have them actually, you know, express their support for the campaign and for what I'm doing, I'm, I'm a fan of theirs. And here they are saying, hey, yeah, this is great. We support you. It, it's amazing. And what, I never would have seen that coming. What song was, uh, was your campaign song? The Heart From Your Hate. Nice. It was appropriate. And it's got some really good guitar licks in it. So. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> Uh, were you, were you, uh, did you reach out to them and talk to them at all in private or was it just that public conversation uh, where uh, Paula was like, yeah, sure. Yeah. We, we think what you're doing is cool. Yeah. I did not reach out and touch them and um, message them privately. I imagine they're kind of busy and I didn't want to like bother them. <laughs> so. And, uh, <laughs> well, so let's talk a little bit about your campaign. Let's say sure. all this positive metal injection press you get will encourage uh, a lot of uh, people in the county to vote for you and you win. What could local residents expect uh, having a satanic trans metalhead as their county sheriff? Well, none of that's really going to inform my actions as sheriff. The, the main thing that would inform my actions as sheriff would be the fact that I'm an anarchist. I don't think the police should be out there harassing people, pulling them over, extorting them, kidnapping them for things like broken taillights or possessing drugs or doing sex work or being an illegal immigrant or any of these things. So I would like to see the sheriff's department out there policing the police, inhibiting the police as they're trying to make victims of people by extorting them, by finding them, by kidnapping them. So that's what people what, what do you expect. mean by kidnapping them? Well, that's what it's called when you hold someone at gunpoint and you bind their arms behind their back and you put them in a cell against their will. It's kidnapping. I, I, just, I just want you to, to spell sure. it out in case. Uh, it's uh, part of this entire religious mythology woven around the state and the government apparatus that is somehow not kidnapping, but it is. People mm -hmm. are being kidnapped for all kinds of ridiculous things because they're out there making choices that the government doesn't like, but they're not actually causing any victims. They're not harming anyone except perhaps themselves, but that's their right. But they're getting kidnapped for that. They're getting extorted for that. And then when you say you're an anarchist, uh, you see, you hear uh, Trump on the news, these anarchists, they're ruining everything. <laughs> like the, I feel like the mainstream definition of an anarchist is, is just the assumption of like lawlessness. There's no laws, remove all the laws, chaos, crime. And I don't, Imagine that's what you're about. Can you can you describe how you define being an anarchist? Well, anarchy is without rulers. Uh, there can certainly be leaders within an anarchist society, so someone that f people choose to follow and whose rules they choose to follow. So it's not without rules. It's not without order. In fact, the anarchy symbol, the, the A inside of the circle, it's shorthand for anarchy is the mother of order. A lot of spontaneous order results when people are free to do what they want, when they don't have to worry about having violence used against them. So it wouldn't be, you know, there, there's this whole talking point of, oh, well, you should just move to Somalia if you don't like it here, then you'll have your anarchy. But Somalia isn't anarchy. It's a bunch of states. It's a bunch of governments fighting over who is going to be the supreme one in control. It's a civil war between multiple governments. That's not an anarchy. Anarchy is the absence of a government. Or to be more specific, the absence of a state. So if I could ask you, um, so you said that uh, you were about having the sheriff's department police the police, which I think is a noble, 
I really think that's what the sheriff's department is supposed to be doing in an ideal world to begin with. But what do you see if we did have an ideal world? Like you're the sheriff, you've established what you want to establish. What is the police's real job? What should they be doing? Helping people who have called them and requested their help. If they're a victim of an actual crime, the police, the sheriff's department, they should respond to that. They've actually been victimized. I mean, sure, there's probably some free market com- competition solution that's better than having a police department and a sheriff's department, but this is the world we've got, so this is what we're going to work with. If so, there's going to be a police force, then they should be out there helping, serving, and protecting people, but that's not, what, that's not at all what police do. They have no obligation to help anyone. If they see somebody being attacked on the side of the street, they're not legally required to actually intervene and help that person being attacked, and the Supreme mm-hmm. Court has upheld this repeatedly. Police have no obligation to intervene. They have no obligation to protect anyone. Right. What I, uh, all right. So to give you like an example, I was in uh, Montreal last year and they have a totally different like revenue revolutionary way of policing there. Not that it's without fault, but like basically they sit in a station like firemen and wait for calls. They don't walk around patrol. They don't uh, have guns on them. They don't resolve like petty disputes with with packing heat. Do you think that's somewhere more along the lines of uh, what you would want to do, or is it is is it even more to the left of that? No, that that's pretty much exactly right, and that's what I've said. You know, the deputies who work under me, they have a few options. They can sit in the office all day and wait on a victim to report a crime, play Minecraft, listening to trivia, whatever it is they choose to do with their time, <laughs> or they can go out there and police the police, or they can quit. Mm-hmm. Those are their options. But as far as going out and aggressing against people, I mean, yeah, 99.9% of police calls, they have, no op- they have no reason to go there with a gun. They do. And more often than not, they end up using it or they end up choking someone to death for trying to sell cigarettes or for having a fake counterfeit, a fake $20 bill. Would you would you look into maybe sending like EMTs and mental health people out to those kind of calls and then having police respond to like armed conflicts and that type of thing? That would be fantastic. I'm not sure if the political system within Cheshire County would allow that to happen, but I I would prefer to have a deputy who's just a mental health specialist. Actually, now that I think about it, that's exactly what I could do. And that's a great idea. I absolutely will do that. Have a deputy who's a mental health specialist who responds to people in distress who are having anxiety attacks or mental breakdowns. I think we need need to have Darren on your team here. (laughs) It's It's a long commute. <laughs> Just to clarify with EMTs, I mean, I don't know about in Chester County, but in New York, an EMT is not allowed to respond to a victim until the situation has been cleared by police, until they can assess that the, that the area is, is clear. So I think all those different uh, public service um, facilities are, are kind of working together. They, they more than likely are scratching each other's backs and all of that, but if I want to have an EMT on my staff, I can deputize them and they can respond to the same calls that I can respond to because they're a deputy. Right. So that may be one way around that, you know, an EMT can't respond until the situation has been cleared by police. Okay, well make the EMT a police officer. Make them a deputy so and, that they uh, can go in there and clear the situation themselves. Uh, one thing I also wanted to discuss uh, was your uh, position on masks. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've been talking a lot about how concerts are, are dealing uh, with, you know, social distancing and the, the ongoing pandemic. And uh, I was curious your take on it. 
I'm not a fan of masks. If people want to wear them, that's fine. I, I would rather not wear them. But if someone says, hey, this is my business, you have to wear a mask to come in here. Or somebody says, hey, if you want to come hang out my out in my house, you have to put on a mask. I'll be, okay, I can either listen and wear the mask and shop at your business or I can go elsewhere. What I'm against are the mandates. I'm against the government overstepping its bounds and telling us that we have to wear this item of clothing, we have to wear this piece of jewelry, we have to wear whatever. I'm against that. But well, don't you, uh, oh, sorry, Rob. Go ahead, Darren. Don't you think that the government has some? I mean, let's leave the the COVID out of it, and we'll just talk about a general case. Like, doesn't the government have some responsibility to manage like the public health? And if there's a massive crisis, they do have some sort of um, increased authoritarian uh, uh, powers uh, available? Well, they're not supposed to. They gave themselves that power, sure. By the stroke of a pen, the governor of New Hampshire or the governor anywhere or the president can just say, oh, it's a state of emergency. Now we have martial law and you can't do anything about it. Of course, we're not under martial law or anything mm -hmm. like that. I mean, some, right. some places like New York City got pretty close there for a little bit, but we're not under martial law. But they can do that. They gave themselves the power to do that. Well, and the Supreme Court said, okay, yeah, this is fine, because for whatever reason, the founding fathers, occasionally brilliant though they were, they decided that the power to determine what the state was and wasn't allowed to do should reside in the Supreme Court, which is part of the state. So it's like police policing themselves. But we are in a situation where it's like pretty much the medical consensus that if you don't wear a mask, you are helping perpetuate like a deadly plague. So isn't that a scenario where you might say the government really has a right if if it's done like it could definitely be overstepped like i'll grant you that but if we keep an eye on the government and make sure that they don't you know impose tyranny on us isn't it a good thing to make sure that the virus is spread as little as possible i i would say no i'm an anarchist i'm not a favor of the government mandating anything even things i like you know i'm not a fan of murder i don't want people to murder. i think murder is immoral but I don't think that the government saying, hey, murder is illegal now, is doing anything to deter people from murdering. It's just, um, causing, it's just causing a yeah. prison system apparatus. A person I will say, someone. just for me personally, if murder was not illegal, I would have killed numerous people in my life. <laughs> Sid. I, no doubt. The only thing stopping me sometimes is, is not wanting to go to jail. Sid is, well, that's a morality Sid problem. I don't have yeah I don't I, I'm not a moral person. Yeah. Me, Arya meets Sid. He he's not a he, he's lacking a moral compass. It's true. I mean there are those people out there. Mm -hmm. So in some cases, sure, the fact that it's illegal is a deterrent for people to not commit murder. But the the vast majority of people who commit murder aren't given once once they're willing to commit murder, their own internal morality has already broken down. Mm -hmm. And that's what is staying most people's heads. It's like, hey, no, I don't want to kill anyone. By that token, if we're going against what 99.7% of doctors say is killing 200,000 people, aren't we in a sense like murdering them? By were we not murdering people last year when we were spreading pneumonia and not wearing masks? Did that happen? I don't, I mean, I'm I sure if that's I mean, sure, actually what happened. Somebody absolutely died of pneumonia that they caught from somebody not wearing a mask last year. That absolutely happened. Is that person who spread pneumonia because they weren't wearing a mask, therefore a murderer? I mean, uh, not that one individual person, but I mean, if the government has the ability to prevent massive deaths, I feel like that's a different scale than one person getting or 10 people getting pneumonia. Like it's not a pandemic. 
Well, I think what Aria, if, and I might be wrong, I don't know, but in a way I do agree with you because once we start implementing these laws by government, it's hard to take them away. So when the government is telling you how to run your business, when to open, when to close, and takes that right away from you, and also is telling you what to wear, I think it's a very, uh, like we're walking very close to the edge. But, we, but I don't agree with that because we're, I mean, it's, it's special circumstances like you know it's, if the government it's already fascism though open or close though like, i mean you got to look at what just happened it, with the with just a flick of his wrist governor sanudu and all of the governors throughout the united states they turned your barber into a police officer they turned your gas station worker into a police officer they they served your fast food workers they turned them into police officers who are enforcing the laws of the state Anyone who has a job right now has to enforce these laws or the businesses that they work for are going to get fined. Right. Like a Starbucks barista should not be responsible for kicking somebody out for not wearing a mask. That's like a responsibility that they did not ask for. I, I totally but these, agree. But these places have signs that say no shirt, no shoes, no service. So an employee is going to have to kick somebody out for that. So they're already sort of deputized to do these things. It That's a policy of the store, thing. though. Yeah. That's not, it's not a legal requirement. That's right. the policy of the store. Right. The store wouldn't get fined by the government. But like, just to kind of uh, pull back, I know we only have a few more minutes uh, here. Uh, you, you mentioned how uh, being an anarchist, uh, you know, you think uh, murder, there shouldn't be a law about murder. So how would, if that was were the case, you know, and like, I feel like this is a very nuanced argument. Like if I were to go to my mother who is an immigrant and be like, oh, you know, like murder, you know, uh, murder laws are oppressive. Uh, you know, like it just, she wouldn't. I'm not saying they're oppressive. I'm saying they're unnecessary. They're unnecessary. That's, I'm sorry. I, I don't mean to put words in your mouth. But so sure. my question would be like, if there wasn't the law, how would murders be prevented? Well, self-defense. Everyone should be trained in self-defense. Yes, <laughs> agree. <laughs> so because the police aren't gonna prevent you from being murdered. They're gonna take 38 minutes to get out to your house to, to prevent that murder if they even decide to respond because the Supreme Court has decided they have no obligation to. So your best bet in whether murder is illegal or not is to know how to defend yourself. I, f I feel like we're conflating like the preemptive defense of murder with what happens when you commit a murder. And right, yeah, so somebody uh, murdered somebody, right? Mm -hmm. What should happen to that person? Like a cold-blooded murder. If murder is not illegal, the person didn't defend themselves adequately. Right. And they're they, dead. Or, or there was an argument at the store over the wrong amount of change. Person has a short temper and shot the clerk. Well, as sheriff, I would arrest that person. But, hey, but that's if, in your but, capacity. But we're talking about like you're saying like, that law is not necessary. So yeah, in your law, ideal, I'm saying law. it's not necessary. But I've also expressed clearly that I will continue to enforce laws where no, there no, are. No, no, I'm just. I, I, I get, know, you're I'm, you're I'm, asking I'm, me about this hypothetical ideal world of how we can prevent murders but the truth is that the right. current justice system it, it doesn't really do that it just punishes people for bad behavior a good just anarchic society would reward people for good behavior so that it didn't have any reason or motivation to become aggressive in the first place okay yeah that that's what i was looking for i don't uh, disagree with that but the reason we got onto murder is because we were using it as a as a more uh, elevated metaphor for right. mask wearing so how would you reward you know, you seem to be against masks. So do you want to do? I'm not against masks. I'm against mandates. Do, against all, right, so, all right. Let me reframe the question. then. Do you feel that wearing the mask, forget about whether it's legal or not, just an individual person wearing the mask. Is that beneficial to society? And yes. We encourage it. So how would you encourage it? 
on the uh, without mandating it by showing people the science behind it. I mean, you should be able to reason pe with people. Reason should be the first way that we approach people. Violence sure. should never be I on the table. It's okay, you do this or I attack you. That's never okay. That's, yeah. that's never the way to approach things. Right. Aria, I, uh, well, it's sorry. been such a pleasure, but I think we have to let you go. Yeah, uh, I wish we had more time. Uh, <laughs> it's been very fascinating to talk to you. Please come back on the show, especially when to. you win. <laughs> We'd love to yeah, talk hopefully. to the official sheriff. And I hope you get one of those fancy hats that sheriffs wear. <laughs> you can get one anyway. I might have to get one custom made. Yeah, oh, yeah. Like a metal one. You know, With a pentagram yeah. right in the middle. Just get a just Satanist uh, symbology all over the sheriff's hat. <laughs> also, I want to put this out there. You don't worship Satan, right? That That's not what Correct. Satanism yeah. is about. No uh, one, I mean, angsty teenagers may actually pray to the <laughs> devil or whatever, but no one, no adult who calls himself a Satanist actually believes that this entity exists. Aria, it's, it's a way of being an atheist and, you know, making Christians angry. Yeah, which, which we're all about. <laughs> we're, we're all about that. We do that every week here. Awesome. Uh, and Jews, before we let you go. And uh, Muslims, anything, everybody. Anything to plug uh, in your personal socials? Uh, well, there's Free Talk Live that people can find at freetalklive.com. It's actually what I'm about to go do right now. The reason I have to cut this kind of short. Sounds good. Could I ask one super quick question? Like super quick question. One sure. last question. Uh, you said you're a fan of Disturbed. What do you think of their cover of Sound, sound, oh, of, sound of Silence? Oh, sound of Silence. I'm not a fan. Good. Honestly. Nice. Okay. <laughs> awesome. I, I usually skip it if Spotify starts playing it. I'm just like, okay, skip. <laughs> Way to take a Fantastic. bold stance. A lot of politicians <laughs> might have just said, oh, uh, I haven't heard it yet. Or, I don't have an opinion. Well, I'll but, always be honest. And that's my opinion on it. It's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. I love when people, when I can discuss the political topics such as this where I disagree with someone but can still have a civil discussion about it. It's been an absolute pleasure and I feel like we agree on most things. So good luck in your, in your election. Excellent, thanks so much and thanks for having me on. Yes. Thank you. Bye. That was cool. All right. That was really cool. That was interesting. Cool to, to have her on the air with us mm -hmm. uh, and talk. And welcome to the live cast. Hey. Now it's just the four of us. Mm. <laughs> Way less anarchistic. Oh. <laughs> uh, but that was cool. And, yeah. uh, and also, really quickly, I do want to mention something that is, is, is a little important. Which is, uh, you're a fan of the show. You listen to us in your podcast app. Take a second. Go to the podcast app. Go to our episode, uh, our show page and rate us. Give us a nice rating. Give us a five-star rating. Leave a funny comment. If you leave a funny comment, we'll read it on the air. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it's just really important to help us with our rankings on those platforms. So please, on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen, give us a five-star rating. That'd be nice. nice. That'd be nice. And rate. And rate. And <laughs> And uh, I also want to mention, of course, our Patreon, patreon.com slash metal injection livecast for five bucks a month. You get at least one bonus episode a month. This month's bonus is until the light takes us. Uh, we do a watch along and we just learn everything we need to know about Burtzum and Varg and all that. And past episodes include a Motley Crew The Dirt watch along for the Netflix movie. Uh, Santa with Muscles, I finally got it right, the Hulk Hogan movie. Yay! Uh, we did a lot of watch. What, what are some other ones? We did uh, We did a, a roundtable review of Cube, an excellent horror movie. What else? Bubba Hotep. 
Bubba Hotep, we did a watch along uh, recently. We had music. No, we did a round table. Oh, round table. We did the tag team with Jesse Ventura, yeah. the guy behind you currently. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, there's plenty of stuff to check out. Patreon.com slash Metal Injection Livecast, five bucks a month. And Patreon has a new feature where you can actually commit to an entire year of loving us. And if you do that, you get a 15% discount off the, the price. So it's a little cheaper yeah. than five bucks a month. Because we're like, hey, you want to give us... You want, you want to come into here? We'll give you a little. Do we want to? Do we want to tease what we're doing for next month, or the theme for next month at least? Next month is October, which we are converting to Shocktober. I think, yeah. <laughs> we're gonna have we're gonna have some horror. We're gonna workshop yes. that. Needs. Scary. Some horror. Horror. We're gonna do horror. some horror. Horror. A bunch movies. of horror. Bunch of horror movies. Hey. Horror. What? I'm saying it wrong. Horror. Horror. Can you hear me? Yes. Oh, you can? Yeah. That's great. So my mic does work. Weird. Your mic has been working this whole time, Noah. What are you talking about? Uh, yes, (laughs) it has. (laughs) Do I try to see if my mic is working now? Yeah, I just unplugged the XLR and put it back in. See if that works for you. That's always the first thing you should try. Plugging it back in. We, we want to send a huge thanks to Rode microphones. You yes. might notice these fancy Rode Podomatics uh, that we are, we're working with. Rode really hooked us up so nicely, so kindly. They have uh, great mics. Uh, wh- yeah. So if they you notice... A- Sorry, Rob. If you, if you notice I'm we were so sounding excited. extra sexy, there's a little extra bass in my voice. <laughs> uh, that's a big thanks to Rode. All the people there, including Jason, thank you so much for sending this stuff to us. And uh, big thanks to those guys. We really appreciate Yeah, and if you're looking to start a podcast, they have a great mixer called the Podcaster Pro. Get it. Yeah, and, like and these, and these automatic standard. mics. Yeah. Fancy. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, let's get to the stories of the day. Um, I'm trying to uh, pull up the, the run sheet, but while I do that, does anyone have any news? Any news? Like I'm what? pregnant. What? what? No, I'm kidding. Jesus fucking Christ, <laughs> Noah. Oh my God. <laughs> God damn. Breaking news. You know what? We're, putting, we're gonna get that, extract that clip and post that tomorrow, but without the part where you say you're kidding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just gonna blow up your spot No, but the part where I say I'm day. kidding is the best one because of your reactions. Or I guess my We'll reaction. post that on Thursday. Okay. Teaser. Oh, yeah, part one and part two. I don't know. I just felt pressure to give some kind of news. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Rob really put us on the spot there. Yeah. I, don't, I don't have any fucking news. I assume wow. somebody had something specific and he was like teeing us up. Oh, and no. I was like, oh, I wonder who uh, it is. No, I was just delaying while I pull stuff up. But there was breaking <laughs> news as we went live. What? Uh, which is Ozzy Osbourne's granddaughter has COVID-19. Ozzy Osbourne's two-and-a-half-year-old granddaughter, Minnie, uh, contracted mini, mini me. Well, like Minnie Mouse, it's spelled M I N N I E. Minnie, whose daughter is she? Jack's. Minnie and Mickey. Jack Osborne's daughter. Jack, uh, so does that mean one of them has to have it, right? No, because apparently uh, Jack doesn't have it, uh, and Jack's mom doesn't have it, uh, and none of his other children have it. Jack's baby mama. Uh, Jack's baby. Mom doesn't have it. Yeah. Okay. So Sharon Osbourne was on the talk today. You know, she has her daily talk show, The Talk. That's still on? 
Never that is still on. Wow. Why wouldn't it be on? I don't know. These things don't last that long usually. They, it's so range. cheap to produce. Why would it yeah. like? Why wouldn't they keep making it? Lack right. of interest. <laughs> but uh, so Sharon Osbourne was on the talk. She wasn't at the talk, but she was on the talk because she is quarantining uh, because apparently uh, Minnie quote caught it from somebody that works for my son and it goes to show you she's just three years of age children can get COVID (laughs) she had some tainted figgy pudding (laughs) so I guess it was like a nanny or or someone that gave it to her which that's pretty scary yeah it's well it goes against what people say that little children can't get it you know that's one of the Trump things that he tried. Well, to I think that's like one of those things that was said initially that people just stuck to is like absolute fact. And I feel like after a month they were saying like, hey, young people, like you can get it, especially if you have uh, conditions, which like some people don't even know they have these like at risk conditions. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Sure. Asthma or something, right? Yeah. Asthma or any sort of like lung condition or diabetes or heart conditions. And also, if you uh, get it and you fight it off, it can have really deleterious effects on your health for the rest yes. of your life, too. Yes, there are people that got it at the beginning of COVID. Uh, I wrote a story about a musician, the vocalist of Sludge, who is still uh, dealing with uh, ramifications from having it. It's not as bad as it was, but he's still... Uh, has breathing issues. It's it's a fucking scary disease. Like I don't want it. Like you know, you you don't want it. You don't want to deal oh, with it. And our friend Nick, insurance. Whoops, our friend Mick, who works as an X-ray technician, sent us X-rays of uh, patients with COVID, and then X-rays of patients with of like you know just like regular lungs, lungs and. Yeah. Oh, it's fucking scary. Yeah. <laughs> and the weird thing is, he just sent us x-rays of their crotches for some reason. I don't know why. <laughs> still interesting, though. Scary, I definitely got one of those. The scariest <laughs> slide was his dick pic mixed in there. <laughs> but all the best to the Osbournes. We hope uh, nobody dies of COVID there. And all the best to Mick. I hope his penis doesn't get COVID either. Talking I haven't him. really been following like how it affects kids or whatever, just because it doesn't really affect me in any way. Uh, and there's like so much, yeah, I know, but there's so much news that I have to like pick and select what I keep up with. But I think from what I remember, they said that like, even though like kids are carriers of it, but the virus doesn't affect them as badly, uh, of course, unless they have like pre-existing conditions, but they don't affect them as badly as, a, uh, as they do for adults. Right. Uh, They're not they- likely to die, but they still get sick. Like the rock. Uh, got COVID. Him and his mm-hmm. whole family got COVID because they had a gathering, and I guess somebody didn't know they had it and spread it to the whole fucking family. That's stupid. And uh, he said that him and his wife had it really bad, but that his children were also sick. Like they were sick for a few days. So it's it's probably just like equ- equivalent to a common cold, but still, you don't want your kids being sick. I think it's more the fact that uh, like old people are more likely to have the things that will make you at high risk for dying from it. But children can be too. It's not only like, it's not only you're old, you get it, you die. Like old people can be healthy and young people can be ill, but the tendency is for the old people to have these, these health effects that would make them more at risk. Yeah. 
Right. They're a lot more susceptible. The elderly crowd. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And on, uh, on that topic, uh, you know, some bands are being proactive and I really like that. Uh, and I did want to share this piece of news that surfaced today. We have good news. Uh, oh which is that Anthrax is launching a stop spreading the disease hand sanitizer. I have to say this is pretty great marketing. Uh, they're going to be the, putting out a hand sanitizer in the next uh, week or two. The name needs work, though. Not the spreading the disease part, the anthrax part. <laughs> Basically, putting anthrax on your hands to remove disease from it. Anthrax is so 2005. What, what do you mean? What? Remember when, like, anthrax, like, everybody mm. was scared of getting anthrax oh, in the mail? Oh. Oh, it was, that like was before one, 2009. No, that was right after 9/11. Yeah, yeah, that was 2001. You're being generous, Noah. I, I don't know. Yeah, and also, tried. wasn't it? Uh, am I misremembering this? But like the whole scare was bullshit. That it wasn't. It was like just trolls sending the anthrax. Like, was, no, it was never really discovered who it was. But hmm. it uh, it was believed to be like right wing ter- domestic terrorism. At first, the first reporting was that Iraq did it, and like you know, or uh, or this or the same people who attacked us in uh, on nine eleven, which also sending the anthrax. But the last like definitive, well, there's no definitive proof, but the the but the consensus is that it was like right wing domestic terrorism. Gotcha. Yeah, I didn't hear about that. All I do, like all I remember, is working for an office that did moving. And uh, the CEO of the company got a box filled with like white powder. And I think it was like the CDC or like whoever came in with like hazmat suits and we had to be quarantined in the conference room. Damn. So stupid. What All because he wouldn't give you a week off. Are you satisfied, <laughs> it's Noah? It's a disgruntled employee. Disgruntled Noah. <laughs> yeah. I didn't send it. I was in the mm-hmm. office. Hmm. That's your story. That I only have access an- to one kind of anthrax, and it's the one that Rob is about to talk about. Which is oh, no, we talked about it. It's done. That's it. <laughs> That's it. They're putting out a hand sanitizer. That's the story. How much? Uh, they haven't released the price yet, but I, I guarantee it's going to be overpriced. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Just because it's like you got to pay for the sanitizer. You got to pay for putting that sticker on. Is it. the bottle taller than Scott Ian? <laughs> Most likely. Okay. Next. Then Three of the four sizes are, yes. Is uh, Joey Belladonna making it in his bathtub? <laughs> Joey Belladonna bath is completely water. cut out from any profits of this thing. Oh, God, thank goodness. Well, he's just making his own in his bathtub. Yeah, he's making, he's making Belladonna sanitizer. Have you oh. seen the hair of his? I mean, it can't be sanitary. You can't sell san- hand sanitizer. He just rings out the grease into a bottle and sells that. <laughs> Oh, are you saying, Sid, you're suggesting that uh, the germs in his hair will counteract COVID-19? They'll they'll just go to war with each Uh other? I got (laughs) you. Makes sense. You heard it here first. And now if he actually does that, we get a cut of the profits. Sure. (laughs) Or at least a free sample. Uh, And uh, in live cast curse news, moving on a little bit, I want to thank uh, Knackbag. For making us aware of this very important story, uh, I can't believe it. The live cast. Well, yeah, this isn't technically the live cast, Chris, but yes, unfortunately, we learned this week that the vocalist of uh, Friends of the Show, M. Balula Gugal, oh. uh, 
uh, passed away. Dustin Jeffries, the artist behind the Black and Noise. Oh, I guess it's a one man band. Uh, the artist behind the Black and Noise Act. And Balula Gugal passed away. Hmm. I, really? it's so it's so sad that he gets that little tiny obituary when yeah. he made such an impact on our show uh due to long-term health complications that's sad known for mixing together black metal noise death metal Wait, the health really complications mo- were created for mixing by yes. mixing <laughs> no he's known dustin jeffries is known for mixing together all these styles of music what was he- more complicated the music or the health well, you've heard the music. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a tough race. I heard he came into contact with Joey Belladonna's hair. <laughs> that would have saved him. Oh, yeah. Well, we could have tested the theory for sure. Yeah. Rob, did you post also, about this on Metal Injection? Legend. Sorry. I did not it's post okay. about this on Metal Injection. No, we haven't really covered uh, covered it on the, on the Were there any? Did any metal musicians react on Twitter to his death? Hmm. To Embalu- no, there was no reaction. So probably, sad. Probably just that one person who alerted us. Yeah, like, well, are we the only exposure that dude ever got? I'm. I'm gonna say uh, this is live cast curse. Even though we yeah. haven't talked about them in a while, no one knows anything about this band except that we put them out there. Dude, yeah. on our last Zoom hangout, when you gave you did trivia and you had people spell the band name. Yep, and no one could do it. Yeah, he might have been dying as we were asking people that, like for all we know. A great point, Sid. And by the way, uh, those were super fans. Those are like our Patreon listeners. People have been listening for like 11 years and they couldn't spell the name of this fucking band. They could have Googled it too and they they still couldn't do it. They could have Embolilla Googled it. By I the thought way, it was E-M, not uh, E-N. E-N, not E-N-B-I. L-U-L-U-G-U-G-A-L. I have a whole new set of questions, by the way. We're going to play a new trivia game next time we have a Zoom hangout. So if you're a Patreon listener, get to studying. Yeah. I got some tough ones. Nice. Maybe some also audio and visual clues, too. Who knows who will die because of one of these questions? Damn Skippy. <laughs> Just don't go out and kill anybody so that it'll make it a quirky live cast reference, though. That's not cool. Despite what was discussed earlier, that's still illegal. (laughs) Yeah, we're working on that, but not yet. Um, What else is going on in the world? Uh, ACDC's reunion is happening. Uh, The band accidentally leaked photos of their music video shoot, uh, which it's like, oops. (laughs) You can't, accidentally. Spell, you can't spell accidentally without ACDC. It's true. Uh, yeah, uh, so their webmaster uh, posted a blog post about like behind the scenes photos from their music video shoot and then like almost immediately took it down. But of course, ACDC has such rabid fans. People took screenshots and posted it all over. And uh, the big news is that Brian Johnson is back in the band. If you might remember, uh, they moved on without Brian Johnson, the vocalist, uh, because he went deaf. And he, or like he was going deaf and he huh. couldn't keep performing. Uh, and he couldn't, like, he, if he kept performing, 
he would definitely be deaf. So is he not so, deaf now? What happened? Uh, so he took a break from the band, and then that's when they had Axel Rosel. Axel Rosel. <laughs> Axel Rosenberg. <laughs> that Axel Rose thing. Uh, and we covered this on the site throughout the years, but a lot of scientists reached out to him with tech to help him maintain his hearing and prevent him from further hearing loss. So he's gone through like surgeries and he has like all this, he's probably wearing like a hearing aid, but yeah, he's fine. He's good to go now. It's funny because he went through all this tech stuff, right? And then it all turned out all he needed was a drop of oil from Joey Belladonna's hair. <laughs> and it just went right in his ear and just like that, he could hear it's again. It's a fucking cure-all. Yeah, it's an elixir of sorts. Make oil. Uh, yeah, and not only is uh, Johnson back in the band, a longtime drummer Phil Rudd back in the band, who you might remember was dismissed after being arrested for like meth use and like, uh, like I don't know, uh, like hiring a, a, a sex worker and like then even on probation, he got arrested for more drug use. Like, he just didn't give a fuck. Mm. Great guy, Phil Rudd. So, how did he make amends to them? Well, he. He had his court dates and just, you know, his legal troubles are a thing of the past, I guess. Oh, so he was only out of the band because he had court dates? Like, I guess. I I think also he might have not been able to tour. Like, he might have been put under uh, house arrest or something like that. But now nobody's able to tour. What does it matter? true well that's why that back why? in the band <laughs> like uh, it doesn't was, matter so come on back he there got a, he got arrested at the wrong time you should have made it coincide with covid <laughs> yeah, right it would have been no it wouldn't even make the news yeah uh he I, I believe uh that there was a rumor that the band was going to do a huge world tour this summer uh they were about mm-hmm. to announce it right before live nation canceled all those tours so that was another one they were gonna have a big world tour. maybe their final world tour and they're not going to be like Fozzie or any of these bands like playing Grand Rapids, Michigan or wherever the fuck no. it is, Fargo, oh, North Dakota. Oh. Uh, no, they play stadiums. So until stadiums open up, they want those giant, you know, $10 million guarantees or I'm sure even more probably. Will these guys live long enough to tour? <laughs> the only one way to find out. Sturgis, that's pretty big. <laughs> yeah. But even that, it's not like there's one like Sturgis event with 450,000 people at it. It's just, there's 450,000 people in the town and multiple events going on at once. I got but it. no way. ACDC is not like, first of all, it's not like they play every, like they're not playing New York, then New Jersey, then Pennsylvania, then whatever. They'll play a big show in New York, like the stadium in New York, the stadium in Philly, you know, they're just going to the major markets. Because mm-hmm. uh, they, and I'm sure the ticket prices would be insane. The major markets and Philly, you mean? <laughs> That's a major Just kidding. Come on. Let me dunk on Philly a little bit. I don't like it. Oh. <laughs> Spoil sport. Uh let's see what else is going on here. Do we talk about Donald Trump's favorite music video of all time? Yeah. So November Rain. On air. Yeah. yeah, yes, it was. I think. Yes, we did. Okay, great. Okay, great. I did also want to point out a few weeks ago, we talked about uh, like Mustaine uh, talking about Nick Menza and Marty Friedman. And uh, he was talking about how Marty Friedman wanted like way too much stuff. And then like, we were like listening for like what he wanted and what he wanted was first class airfare and just 
money for the rest of like enough right. money to cover the rest of his band since he wouldn't be able to tour with his band since he would be touring with Megadeth. In other words, nothing ridiculous to ask for. Right. So uh, what actually happened uh, right after we did the show, like the next day or two, I forgot to mention this, but Friedman uh, was interviewed. Uh, let's see. Who was who he interviewed by? Dave Mustaine. Turbo. <laughs> okay, let's say he was interviewed by Turbo. Uh, and uh, so Marty gave his side of it. So I just want to read what he said. And it's exactly what we thought. Spoiler alert. <laughs> My main thing was I'd be happy to do it, but I'm not going to take less money than I'm already making to do it. Sounds fair. I've been in Japan for more than 10 years, cultivating, cultivating a career with solid rewards. I was making money not only for myself, but also my management and staff. My manager has been with me for 15 years. Everything was sound and solid professionally. And when the offer came up to all of a sudden join Megadeth, as long as I would not be making less money, I was ready to go. But I was certainly not going to take a loss to join a band that, frankly, at that point, didn't seem like they had too much to offer musically. A couple of members of the band had, had recently quit, and musically, I hadn't heard anything that they had done in a long time. I didn't know about how relevant they continued to be in the music business. It wasn't like Megadeth was on the tip of people's tongues tips of people's tongues at least not in japan i had just reached a point where people stopped immediately connecting me to megadeth and were talking about the things that i had done in japan and now the article writes according to friedman part of the reason he turned out of the megadeth reunion is the fact that the group was largely seen as mustaine's solo project with members coming and going every couple of albums He's quoted, had it been more of a band situation and not such a one-man Dave Mustaine main man party, I might have considered doing it for a little less. But the end of the day, Megadeth is so much Mustaine because that's the way he engineered it. I didn't feel that kind of camaraderie, the four-man diamond, like Beatles, Kiss, or Metallica. I felt like I would be going out there and tour, and it was going to be Mustaine's big success. If I'm going to do that, I'm certainly not going to lose money doing that. I was doing great on my own in Japan. So to read between the lines here, uh, it sounds like... Dave Mustaine was, as I, I feel like I said this exact thing when we were originally talking about this, Dave Mustaine was going to pay him as a session guy. He wasn't giving him, like, it's not like he was giving him a quarter of all of Megadeth's revenue. Dave Mustaine was going to make all of Megadeth's revenue. And then he's like, I'm going to pay you this much. And that's it. So Marty Friedman's take is like, well, if I'm not like an equal partner in this, I'm not going to lose money. Uh, like I'm already make. I'm already used to such a lifestyle. So if you want me to join, be an employee of your business, you have to pay me this amount. So I think everything Marty Friedman said is completely reasonable. Well, he's right about one thing. I gotta admit, he's. Uh, I haven't been on the tip of anyone's tongue in years. No, <laughs> oh, no. I gotta get some. Not even any of those dogs. I'm getting pent up. <laughs> Sid, how dare you? I'd never, never touch a dog in an intimate lawyer like that. No, but the dog licks your face and loves you. Well, this is a peanut butter situation. <laughs> taint area. Captain but, Crunch. But I wouldn't put it there on purpose. <laughs> uh, no, it's a dog anyway. I think that Marty Friedman's answer is very commendable and also shows how much integrity he has in his work. 
Yeah, and I'm I, proud of him. Yeah, also, I thought it was very diplomatic. He did, yes. like, other than, than saying the Megadeth not being on, like, I guess that could yeah. be considered shade, but. Yeah, I, could, I, that, there's no considering that was 100% shade. What like, he I'll, said, his position on the work issue is, is commendable. But I think yes. he had to get a little needle in there at Dave, or, or four or five. But, I, but ultimately, I feel like what, it was shade, but, you know, it was, it was like, uh, it wasn't a read. It's true. <laughs> I think he's as much of a douchebag as Dave Mustaine is. I think there's no winners here. Listen, so his point is, I I want more to do less work, but if they wanted me to do more work, I'd take less money. So if it was like a band situation where I was having equal input and effort, I'd take less money for that. Yeah. But to just show up and play stuff that's written for me, <laughs> I, I want more money for it. It makes no fucking sense. No, no, and then no, also, no, no, no. that's not what he's saying. That's he's sort saying, of what it sounds like. He's saying, these are my demands. Like th- if this is how your band is structured, these are my demands. If the yeah. structure of the band were different, I would be willing to take less money. But the, the difference in the structure would be that he'd have more responsibility. Or just more say in the music or more say in anything. And probably earn more from that. Well, also the difference in the structure is that he's getting paid like a session jerk off. So that's why the money is lower in the first. I also don't for a second believe he would have been losing money. I think there's a lot of creative accounting there. So he could say just like baseball teams that claim they're losing money. Like you're not really losing money. Maybe if you factor in the loss that like your personal roadies for your other work and your agent for your other work don't get, then overall that's a loss of money. But he personally would not have been losing money. So you're giving Dave Mustaine the benefit of the doubt here? I think they're both assholes. Okay. And they're just like, it's an asshole contest. And also like to say that he, he's more famous somehow without Megadeth, like maybe in Japan, in Japan. your little bubble. That but is what he like was Dave was giving you a chance to return to relevancy in the rest of the fucking world to a certain degree. <laughs> but he doesn't And if you don't it. want that, okay, fine. He's happy where he is. Yeah. Then why are we even talking about it? Why did he even consider because the offer? Because it's good that? drama, Sid. Sure. But like, then well, why did he consider about the about it because somebody asked him. Was Marty Friedman even like influencing the band in that way when he was in the band? Like, was he was he writing any fucking songs or anything? Or just he was writing solos, solos. Yeah. just solos, right? Guitar licks. Yeah, so that's like well, what? What should he be writing? I don't know. Did he, he could contribute lyrics or whatever? But it's just no, not that kind of band, though. And, yeah. And like, was this just for like a reunion tour, or was this to fully be back in the band and like do new music? It was for both. They wanted to do a reunion tour and then do a new album. Mm. Okay. Well, because for like, a, if it was just a reunion tour, then like, I assume that they'd just be playing the stuff that he, from the albums he was on anyway, right? Why would people show up to a well, reunion yeah, tour? Well, yeah, the idea would be stuff? to do a. Because it's a great idea. lineup and it probably entice people to buy tickets that are probably uh, like. But not to hear the expensive. new stuff. You want to hear the stuff from when that lineup was originally. Yes. Yeah, they were going to play Rust in Peace in full, I think. And I feel like because it would be that lineup, if it was the four guys, they could have probably charged more money because the interest would have been higher. Yeah. I got to say, I'm very disappointed that they didn't get this album together because I was like very much looking forward to hearing it, the first four tracks once and then never playing it. <laughs> <laughs> or just like hearing uh, them argue through the whole album. Oh, that gets I think left it would have been good. Marty Friedman's solo stuff is really good. Uh, so it could have been really fun. I don't know about, uh, I haven't really followed Menza after he left Megadeth. 
I said, come in on the two, you fucking two claw. <laughs> Rob, I don't think you have to follow him that much. He's just in a hole somewhere. Oh, I mean, dead, before like, he died. Oh. <laughs> Never mind. I found out who they got to replace uh, Marty. Frank. Mikey Bibble. <laughs> that, that guy works for nothing. Yeah. Mikey Bibble's all he over don't the care. Place. What? Maybe Mike, Mike Bibble is who gave uh, yes, <laughs> gave Sharon Osbourne's granddaughter COVID. Yes, Mikey Bibble. <laughs> he was mad that Ozzy kept taking all the credit. Uh, he kept saying, you know, it wasn't Mikey Bibble? It was him. <laughs> Mikey Bibble is the guy that uh, discovered the life-saving oil in Joey Belladonna's hair. <laughs> <laughs> It's like the selling of metal. Yeah. He's like Bill Brasky from the SNL sketch. <laughs> Done everything. To Mikey Bibble. <laughs> Mikey Bibble. <laughs> oh, my God. Bless, bless. Well, uh, translating to an, uh, transitioning, rather, not translating, uh, to another Mike. Uh, another friend of the show, Mike Fran- Francesa. Uh, so, uh, Darren, you shared this. Uh, we've been talking about the so I need to Cardi B hit. All right, well, that and uh, the people on Twitter were asking if uh, you know if I could read because you know I'm not on the air anymore, so I need to stay relevant somehow. So they were asking me to read the lyrics to a song by a artist, and you know I don't know the name. I've never heard of this. Uh, I don't know if it's a man or a woman, uh, but apparently it's a very popular song. So let's uh, let's see here. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, I mean, yeah, really talented stuff here. Yeah. Uh, you uh, blank with some wet blank pussy. Okay, I mean, I can say pussy because maybe somebody thinks I'm talking about a cat. Uh, bring a bucket and a mop for this wet blank pussy. Okay. Give me everything you've got for this wet, blank pussy, okay? Beat it up. Uh, N-word. I'm not going to say that word because I I don't want to get in trouble. Catch a charge. Extra large. And extra hard. Put this pussy right in your face, okay? Swipe your nose like a credit card. Hop on top. I want to ride, and I, I mean, I guess she goes on to talk about riding horses or something. But the point is, ah. oh, what's wow, the what point? A, what a great impression! But uh, yeah, you should say that is not actually that's not <laughs> Mike Francesa, but he really nailed it. Like even yeah. down to the okay, <laughs> the very end. All right, well, and uh, uh, N word. I'm not going to say that word because so, uh, I don't want to get in trouble. That's my favorite. <laughs> You just uh, got to go to Long Island. You, you'll hear a bunch of Mike Francis's. Yeah. Uh, but this is the ultimate uh, reading, and it's not a Manscaped ad. Here we go. It's <laughs> Gilbert Gottfried reciting the lyrics also, to WAP this guy's still around. from Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion. Messy his clo- Wait, hold the on. floor is yours. Look how messy his closet is. Who is that? that? Be. Uh, He's a, what's He's his a, name? A, 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 that's Duff. DJ. I forget his name. Booker? No. Kane? No. Judd the Fish? 
No. It's not in the comments, Rob. I'll look him up. Ricky? Too bad it's not in the description to give them credit. Yeah, 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 (laughs) yeah, you fucking with some wet ass pussy. (laughs) Bring a bucket and a mop for this wet ass pussy. Give me everything you got for this wet ass pussy. Beat it up, catch a charge, extra large and extra hot. Put this <laughs> pussy right in your face. Swipe your nose like a credit card. Hop on top, I wanna ride. I do a Kegel while it's inside. Spit in my mouth, look in my eyes. This pussy is wet. Come take a dive. Tie me up like I'm surprised. Let's role play. I'll wear a disguise. I want you to park that big Mack truck right in its little garage. Make it cream. Make it scream. Out in public, make a scene. I don't cook. I don't clean, but let me tell you how I got this ring. Beautiful. Has somebody set that to like hardcore music yet? Because come on, that's like, those are like metal vocals. Come on, that's fantastic. We are going to need a metal injection live cast star. Where's Jumpman hat? Yes. Uh, Any any of you budding uh, audio engineers, please do that and we'll send you a nice little prize. How about that? You'll just post about it on Metal Injection. And I will. That'll be another prize. By the way, the the VJ DJ is Jim Shearer, former host of VH1's Top 20 Countdown and was also on MTV2. Uh, I remember. So it wasn't Crazy Cabby. (laughs) Is that guy still alive? Kane. I I said Kane, goddammit. Isn't Crazy Cabby in prison or something? He went to jail at some point. He had like drug issues. Wow, his name is Lee Mrozak. Last name M R O S Z A K. Mrozak. That surprises you? I guess. I guess he does look pretty Polish. (laughs) Wow, Rob, with the subtle ethnic racism there. Racial profile. (laughs) He looks Polish. Russian people hate Polish people. It's always been true. Rob's just showing his heritage. They also hate Mongolians. In fact, also, also to be clear, my mom is Russian. My mom is Ukrainian. All right, show some respect to pieces. Still better than Polish, though, right, Rob? You Belarusian piece of shit. (laughs) Russian towards Belarusians too now. Yeah, I hate Belarusians. Polish people, I'm fine with. Hate is such a strong word, but Rob. Bella's fuck <laughs> the Bella. Wasn't that your mom's Tinder profile name, <laughs> Bella Russian? My mom's Russian name. Only is know Bella. a sample of one Bella Russian and hate him, so it's kind of. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're gonna get reprimanded after this. Oh, by our Bye. program director. Mm-hmm. Oh, by our program no, director. Fine. I'm reading this uh, crazy cabby. Uh, <laughs> Uh, you said you're really pushing it right now. <laughs> uh, I mean, this crazy Gabby thing. Uh, I guess Don't give me said, any of your Bolshevik. You know what's funny? Before we started the show, I was just trying to look for like an old K-Rock background. Like I just wanted an old like K-Rock studio or like BCR studio where we started in our college radio, but I couldn't, this is it. I just found this. I don't know Good. what it is. It's like 1010 wins from 1964. Yeah. 
So what are you reading, Rob? Oh, that, uh, so he, Cabby was in jail in 2004 for tax evasion. And he said he refused to pay taxes until the government cured him of his Gulf War syndrome. So there we go. Have they yet? I guess not. You got some of Joey Belladonna's hair green. All right. <laughs> Put that away in the chest now. Mm. Oh, wow. Potion. So an IRS employee happened to be listening to the show when he admitted this, this fucking idiot on the air, yep. and then reported him, and that's how he got arrested. Oh. Remember Howard Stern talking about that. The crazy thing is, Cabby didn't even fight in the war. He was just really bummed out by all the news coverage. <laughs> I don't no, know. Uh, golf War, golf war <laughs> Syndrome. The, the Gulf War was really tough on Oh, you. the Great Gulf War. Uh, <laughs> it's a wide range of acute and chronic symptoms, including fatigue, muscle pain, cognitive problems, insomnia, rashes, and diarrhea. And approximately 250,000 of the 700 thousand u.s veterans who served uh were afflicted with the chronic multi-symptom illness how many of them were also in some kind of monster <laughs> mm -hmm. only crazy cabby that's nice uh government sends you off to war gets you sick and doesn't do anything about it very classy i guess it's due to uh uranium in the area and uh antidotes of nerve gas much of other stuff. You could you could look it up on Wikipedia for yourself. Cheerful, cheerful. Some light reading for after the show. <laughs> yes. Run the gamut here. Yeah. Mur murder in the beginning, murder laws, and. I wonder what he's doing now. I mean, he is out of jail. Probably has a podcast. He definitely has a podcast, right? Pro like probably constantly calling uh, Kane for work, and Kane is just. You know, hanging out like immediately goes to voicemail. What does Kane do? He's probably just as available. No, he. Uh, we looked him up a few years ago. I remember. Uh, he's he, fine. Yeah, he has a, day, a morning drive show in Minnesota, which is no. You pronounced that wrong. He's fine. <laughs> I mean, he looks pretty good for his age. I'd say that. There you go. There you go. How are um, the hands, though? Oh, the hands and all. Um, I remember they were big, so it's okay. I heard he took over uh, Frankie Palmieri's time slot on the Anchor uh, Podcast Network. <laughs> is, is he doing new episodes? We haven't checked in with that. Uh, maybe yeah. next week. I looked uh, not too long ago, and there, there, the last one was April, but uh, there could be another one since then. I don't know. I'll look right now. Uh, April, still April. Okay. Well, uh, let's see. What else is going on in the world? Noah, how are you doing? Last week, uh, we ended the show on a, on a bit of a down note, bit of a downer, mm -hmm. talking about uh, the unfortunate passing of permanent live cast mascot, Bruno. Sadly. Yeah. So how has the last week been for you? Um, I think last week I was okay, like probably better than you'd expect just because of uh, all of oh, Darren just changed his picture to Bruno. All of the support I got, 
And uh, we did a fundraiser for him that we reached our goal of $2,500 in two days. Awesome. Now it's still, it's still going. If anyone wants to go, if, if anyone wants to contribute, it's in memory of Bruno.com. And the money that we're raising, uh, the vet the was like, this is the most humbling thing to happen in my career. Aww. He was oh, so wow. like, yeah, he, yeah. So it feels really good to be able to do something charitable in Bruno's honor. And I really, really appreciate all of the live cast listeners who have commented, have contributed. There was like the first comment that I got on that, um, on the GoFundMe page was from Kyle and it made me laugh so hard and I really want to read it. Um, okay, he goes, one of my favorite memories of Bruno is when he was put in front of a mic on the live cast and he started chewing on the mic <laughs> and you could hear his joy-filled dog breath as he took a chomp. <laughs> <laughs> also, every time he farted, it would derail the show for a minimum of 60 seconds. While only hearing him on air, you could tell he always light lightened up the room with his presence and how truly happy he made Noah as I'm sure she made him just as happy, if not more. He will be missed, but never forgotten. Rest in peace, Bruno. All love, Noah. Which is he, so sweet. Oh, he lit up the room with his ass, too. Yes. Yes. <laughs> it was a very good choice of words. And in like a lot of the comments that I got on like my Instagram and stuff, which I so appreciate, and in my Facebook page where I posted it, people like a lot of the live cast listeners pointed out that they enjoyed hearing his stories, which warmed my heart. And also like they referenced his farts so it's like bruno's fart has been smelled around the world yeah for us and uh aki noah i'm so sorry to hear about bruno about bruno truly the fifth member of the live cast he will be missed sean was the sixth yeah <laughs> <laughs> who <laughs> And then we got um, a listener email, which I thought, like, should I read it or should I just respond yeah, to it? it? Or do you want to read it? You can read it. Well, if you read it on air and respond to it now, you don't have to send an email later. Mm. Yeah, okay. Uh, so this is from Rob. Very days. sorry to hear about Bruno's passing. Regarding getting a new dog, everyone says they're not ready, yet it might take a while. But I think it helps not to think of how sad it is that Bruno is gone from this world, but to think about how happy you made him and how amazing a life he had because of you. Oh. And then think of all the other dogs trapped in the kennels, possibly waiting to be put down and think about how happy you can make one of them too by inviting them into, into a loving home. Of course you love Bruno and I'm not saying move on and forget about him. Just think about how happy you can make another dog instead of feeling sad over the passing of your last one. I hope that came across okay. I'm not always as eloquent with my wording as I'd like. Um, it did come across just fine. Um, I, so I, I got to say, it really sucks being in a house without a dog. I really miss it. Um, I'm probably going to get another dog. But at the same token, I do have a little bit more freedom to do things that I kind of put on hold like traveling or I don't know just going on a bike ride because I felt too guilty for being outside without taking Bruno so I just take him on a walk instead so there are a couple of things that I want to do that might be selfish on my part but very self-rewarding fucking on I'll, the living room floor fucking on the living <laughs> Without getting dog hair in my poop yep. in my puss. <laughs> oh my god! Wow, I didn't think you'd take it there. Wow, all right. 
<laughs> well, <laughs> bad self. Did you speak from experience? <laughs> <laughs> that's, the, that's the sound of Noah's queefs after. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> can't tell but i am on the floor right now pantless oh my god sid are you white klein yeah mango oh my gosh mango do you get buzzed from it like you feel anything yeah a little bit not as much as i used to what does that taste? Them like? shits now. Enlighten a, a non-drinker. It's just like a hard seltzer. Yeah, it's it just tastes like flavored seltzer. Like you don't really even taste the alcohol. Is I that mean, because there isn't the any alcohol, alcohol, alcohol or hardly any or what? No, I think there's percentage. just as much as a beer. It's four percent. Wow. Five, five percent. Better watch it, Sid. You might end up on the floor uh, getting uh, cat hair in your pooper. Yeah. Oh no! <laughs> Wouldn't be the first time. It is funny, uh, like, back in the day, I feel like in the early 90s, everyone mocked Zima. Like, Zima was, like, the ultimate punchline of, like... I loved Zima. Of, like, what a pussy you are or whatever. Or, like, you're not a real man if you drink that. And then, like... Especially in the Russian community. Eventually, that kind of... I feel like then the late 90s came uh, Smirnoff Ice... And Mike's Hard Lemonade, and like that became oh, the yeah. new thing to mock. Like, oh, you know. And I remember when I first started drinking beer, and really still for the most part, beer is disgusting. I hate beer. There are very, very few beers that like I've drank them and thought, wow, this tastes great. You need and to like hang out with a beer connoisseur, even though like I mostly people agree are insufferable. No, I'm not saying I've tr I've tried a lot of beers. Richard Christie. Go drinking with Richard Christie. Yeah, I did go drinking you. with Richard Christie. There's a video about it. Wow. Oh, is it on Lambgoat? Is it on Lambgoat? I'm saying not. I like, actually, I spoke to Richard about it. He gave me some tips. And also even uh, Johan from Amana Marth, we talked about it when he came on the show last year. Uh, I like Hefeweizens because they're just like a light beer uh, and they don't taste super like beer. Or I like... Uh, like I've really gotten into grapefruit beer or just like any fruity beer, but that's really just spiked fruit juice. I realize, like it's not yeah. really beer. Beer tastes to me like what I would imagine piss tastes like with carbonation. Yes, I agree with you. Uh, yeah, I guess I don't know. Uh, what do you drink your piss? And tell us what that tastes like. Because <laughs> I geez. don't want to. No, 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 I, there's no, I got benefit it. to me. At least fill you get soda, me buzzed. No, no. Fill a soda stream bottle with your piss. Then seltzer it. <laughs> Carbonate it, rather. This already has bubbles in it, man. What am I getting out of this? I already it, know that. It's an experiment it, for the show. Yeah, I already on. know it'll taste like shit. And I know that beer tastes like shit because it tastes like what I think piss tastes like. So why beer would I want to do Yeah, like I, I, I don't like any IPAs. I don't like any pale. I, I don't like the bitter beers. I prefer the sour beers. beers are OK. Even sour beers, I feel like you can't you can only really have one at most. You know, you can't get slosh on sour beer. You're going to have... I'm sure people do. Yeah. I mean, you, people get slosh on anything. I don't know. But so Bring back point, Bartles and James. That's what I say. The point I was trying to make... on Listerine. 
if I could, if I could bring it back to my point, uh, talking about Zima and Spurring Off Ice, uh, is that like, I feel like with White Claw, it was like the first time that, uh, uh, like, a non-beer like hit the mainstream of like, oh, this is cool. Everyone's drinking White Claw now, and now it's like everyone finally was like, oh yeah, beer does suck. <laughs> we don't have to drink beer. We can just drink these spiked seltzers, and and there's no there's way less calories. There's way less carbs. I think that's really what it's more about is the health, right? Aspects. Well, I think it also it's tied is that how into they also, it? yeah. It's also tied into uh, like how people moved away from drinking soda in the last few years, like how it's kind of like, oh, you shouldn't really drink soda. I think that also helped White Claw. And every brand has it. It's not White Bud has it. Corona has it. There's all these new brands of it. Right. Well, it's it's simply because White Claw did such a great job that all these other brands are like, well, you know, we have these factories. We can make this shit. It's just it's just water and and malt liquor. You know, they have all the ingredients already. So how hard is it to do? Dude, Rob, I I don't drink, as you know, but I do play poker and I am kind of immersed in drinking culture, like by force when I'm at a casino or a club. And I never perceived that Mike's Hard Lemonade and all that stuff was considered pussy. Like, I, I always thought... Well, Zima. Of, Mike's Hard... Zima, yes. Zima, yeah. for sure. Spirit of Ice also, because then there was that whole meme thing in the mid-aughts of, like, being iced, which is if somebody... Like, if you... Like, somebody put wrapped a gift and you open up and it's a Spirit of Ice, you have to get on one knee and down that Spirit of Ice right then and there. And that was treated as a punishment. <laughs> You're not rewarded by downing a Smirnoff ice you had to like do that so I think it was still there it wasn't as like uh, you know intense as Zima I agree with that I just I, I never saw Mike's Hard Lemonade being put into that stigma like I it's always just like see, a girly drink I see always, but I would always see hard fucking drinkers people that have Jack Daniels or whatever kind of whiskey or fucking kettle one or whatever they would say I'm not in the mood to go hard today I'm gonna have a Mike's like, is that a weird thing? Am I just in the wrong place? Because I always, they would always say it's like the, the day. Maybe it's day. an age thing. Maybe like old, like I feel like with younger people, mm-hmm. uh, there was definitely like, but also it's just like a joke. People making a joke like, oh, you're such a, have a beer. You're such a pussy. Yeah, whatever. That was Although, like my, to, my gateway drink into beer. Like, I think that's mm-hmm. how I started drinking. It, it was just, I remember like more going, Right, like just getting used to alcohol mm-hmm. through something soft like Mike's Hard Lemonade. <laughs> but it wasn't, Mike's Hard is just as, I think it might have 3% alcohol as opposed to 5%, you know, so it's not like you can't get slosh on it. Really what it, what was the downside of it was there's so much sugar that if to, in order to get drunk, you have to consume so much sugar that you get a sugar crash after, which messes with your drunk. You don't want that. Right. It makes the hangover intense. Yeah. Oh, you watched the, the movie while you were making uh, mics? And so on? Nope. <laughs> I guess we also have a voicemail. Ooh. Oh, we haven't had those in a while. How can people leave us voicemails, though? Well, we love your feedback. Any and all feedback. Please send us some feedback. How? How send do they it. do it? Send it. Ready. Just send it. Just send it. Go to hate email us at hate mail at metalinjection.net. You can email us a traditional email. 
a little message like we uh, read from Rob earlier. Or uh, you could email a voice recording, like use your phone to do a voice memo and email us that. Uh, and that way we could play your your voice on our show. Or if you listen live, you can give us a call, 213-WIDE-NUT, 213-943-3688. We're on Tuesdays at 6.30 p.m. Eastern. So we got this one from Dane. We actually got this a few weeks ago, uh, but uh, I forgot to play it. It's okay. <laughs> well, let me just cue this up right here. But thank you, Dane, for... for uh, reached out to us he's a, a long time long time right mm-hmm. i believe so yeah and he's also in our discord chat where you can mm-hmm. talk to pretty much that's right these three guys and then sometimes i'll plop in there when i remember to we <laughs> should mention that as well we don't mention that enough that we have a discord you can get the link on any live cast episode page uh just the discord is a app with chatting so you can join our chat server and Sid and Darren are on all the time. I check in at least once a day. Noah check in, checks in at least once uh, three every three months. And uh, <laughs> just we have a bu- about it. We have a, a bunch of different categories. There's just you know the episode discussion. We have a music discussion. We have a very heated politics chat room, and a uh, a very fun little wrestling chat room. So definitely hit up our, our Discord if you want to chat with us while we're not doing the show and like actually interact with us a little back and forth. Yeah. You can also DM us. You can slide mm-hmm. into our DMs. Are you asking for that, now? Is that something you want? I'm suggesting it. Would you sign up more? No, because I don't get notifications. Turn those on. No. Have you watched The Social Dilemma? I'm not your friend unless until you watch it. I'm not talking to you. <laughs> I don't need to watch it. I know everything that they discuss in there. No, you don't. Yes, I do. No, you don't. Yes, don't I do. Tell him something he doesn't know. Yeah, what, what don't I know? Well, I always think of you whenever I'm like, oh, I don't care if they know my information because you're like, because you've always like your answer and you're like the most web savvy guy that I know and mm-hmm. app savvy guy, right? Mm-hmm. So you always go, why do I, you know, so what if they have my information? So what if they know what I buy? So what if, if, if that doctor's app has my DNA? What are they going to do with it? Well, that documentary taught me what they do with it. And they yeah, basically they change it. your personality. How do they change your personality? Uh, no, you got to watch it. Ah, my, personality, it. my personality hasn't changed in 30 years, Noah. Good luck. <laughs> Good fucking luck, all you apps. Bring it on. Come on, apps. Please change his personality. I talk to this guy <laughs> once a week. Therapy can't do it. A fucking app ain't going to do it. <laughs> Fuck so here. you're saying getting alerts from our fans about Discord messages will change your personality, Noah? No, the, like, just getting that hit of dopamine which is addictive no that i know will make me want to use the phone more and go and look at all these social media apps that they manipulate to see certain things how do they how do they manufacture dopamine no you get a dopamine rush every time you get an alert uh because it's like scientifically proven it's like a a, it's like a if you have an addictive personality Uh, it's the feel-good hormone or response, whatever oh, it is. Dopamine is. I just didn't know how they were. If somebody uh, out there is still feeling good from social media, I, I don't know them. Well, that, that's, like, that's exactly for. it. No, it's like when you post a status and like you keep checking if anybody liked it. Like when you see somebody like it, you get like a little hit of dopamine in your brain. 
Uh, and so the apps encourage you to like do interact in ways where you get more dopamine hits. Right. Like where you get more alerts to get more dopamine hits and people get more addicted and sucked into it. I'll just say one more thing. It's like the reason why I stay away from a Dorito, for example, like that potato chip is manufactured like down to the crisp to make your ear enjoy the sound of it as you chew. Like, pe- like people have sat in a conference room to design this app specifically to get you addicted to it. And it's just unethical. That is true. But I, I do rewire my programming and you want to know how I do it so I can mm. eat Doritos. I soak them overnight in Joey Belladonna. <laughs> so no, they, did you turn off all your app notifications? Oh, you turn off your Twitter and Instagram notifications? I have no notification. The only ones that I have are from like, um, like my messages, like my uh, iMessage, but I can't see what's written in it. Not even Gchat? No notifications. That's not social media. That's just like your podcast co-host asking you a question that needs a timely answer sometimes. Yeah. How do you know that we're messaging you? I go and I check the app or I have it open in my email. I have my email open. Okay. See, okay. That makes sense. Yeah. I've been uh, limiting my uh, notifications as well. Also on uh, Apple products, they have screen time. And I've been trying to look at that to like really just be like, geez, Rob. <laughs> but here's don't. the thing, man. That's part of the screen time. You looking at your screen time is screen time. That's it's how they true. fucking get you. It's true. But then you, I see that, you know, I've spent uh, six hours or eight hours in the week on Twitter. And it's like, oh, probably. <laughs> isn't that like business that. for you? That's like your job. Sure, part of it. But the other part is just I'm on the toilet. <laughs> reading twitter sometimes and in the accumulates... morning you'll you'll send like a tweet or something that you see to the to our group chat and it's like and i and i look at the time of when you sent it it's like 7 a.m and i'm like already rob is on twitter <laughs> what do you mean already what do you do when you're taking a shit at 7 a.m she practices i don't understand <laughs> in the morning? i wake up and i go to the bathroom that's the first thing that i do and i op- open my phone no, I don't do that. What do you do? I go to the bathroom and I concentrate on getting my poop out and cleaning properly. But like you, you have said like myself that you like to spend a good amount of time on the toilet, right? So you don't have anything to read while you're on the toilet? Mm, you just I think? So it brings Dostoevsky in there. My My pooping routine has changed drastically in quarantine to um several times and shorter hits mm-hmm. so i don't who's hitting you in the pooper noah <laughs> so, you, so it's not like you even have time most of my my well i guess i have twitter open all day like when i'm working but that's i i don't i mean it is i don't have to have it open but i consider that part of my job just to like quit whenever you want to be on top of uh i'm absolutely addicted to uh the internet I fully uh, or like addicted to my phone like what everything is in the social level like I've already self-diagnosed that. <laughs> and no, it's no, just no. kind of like uh, I'll, I will absolutely watch you know and I will okay, have very you. strong opinions on, on what they're thank talking you. about um, but uh, I have tried to, to limit it basically so for example uh, I have an interview it's not scheduled yet but with Rob Palford about his autobiography and i have to read his autobiography 
before uh before talking to him and so they sent me a physical copy of the book which i had and and you're trying to flick the pages by going like this (laughs) with your finger up and down there's the book oh it's oh no it's It's, it's (laughs) uh but anyway uh I had it for like two weeks and I didn't even read a page. And it's like, I like it, it, it almost felt like procrastinating, like, Oh, you know, I have to make time to read the book. So then I asked for the digital version of the book, like a PDF. And I told myself that like, when I find myself, Oh no, Joey Belladonna's on the screen. He's going to eat Darren. <laughs> Darren, you can put your head right on his bang. It'll look like your hair. I want to, so I've been trying, uh, long story short, instead of checking Twitter on the toilet, I've been reading his book on the toilet. So I'm trying to use that time more productively. I've done the same thing. it's a thing great with, book. I've done the same thing with my library app. Like every time I get like a, an urge to like tap Instagram or like just tap an app and open it, I just open up my book app and read. Mm-hmm. Nerd alert. There we go. All right. Well, I have a voicemail. Let's, I do oh, yeah. have a voicemail already. It's from Dane. No, whatever. You know, of course you don't respond. You know, you don't even give it the time of day. A fucking guy's denying reality as we speak, man. Shit. It's a sad time to live in, you know. Anyway, uh, it's been uh, known in the chat as well. He's from Chicago. And uh, I'm from Chicago as well. And uh, uh, before uh, Raba made shows illegal there, uh, you know, I was hoping I could, you know, see this guy at a show. So maybe one day, you know, if we ever have shows again, you know, you end up, I'll uh, see you there, you know, say hi, how you doing, you know, and then immediately break your back, fuck your ass. And uh, before I make you humble though, I'll have to go to my car, get my best pair of steel toe boots, and then can't punt you across the room like the bitch you are. All right. Have a good day now. All right. Lots on pack. Yeah. I mean, he's committed to it. At least he didn't give up. The beginning part through. of that was about the Fantasy Baseball League, I believe. I didn't catch that. And people not responding to trade offers. Oh, I missed that. Which we're in the last week of that. Darren is in a heated race for first place against one of our listeners. Yeah. Oh. Ooh. Wait, what's going on with Fantasy League? We're separated by half a point. This was uh, five, six days to go, something like that. Last day of the season is the 27th, Sunday. Arn burner. Okay, this is probably a stupid question. Mm -hmm. Is it football or baseball? Baseball. Well, football just started. Baseball. Baseball is about to head towards the playoffs shortly. It's crazy to me that uh, football is not even pretending to do any sort of bubble. <laughs> are they even doing testing? They're not doing a bubble. Uh, the different teams are handling it differently, I think. Uh, like some of them are even allowing Larry fans in to the stadium. I don't know yeah, I have seen that. Some, some uh, I know Jacksonville and Kansas City. There are six teams that are either allowing a handful of fans or one, two teams allowing like ten over 10,000 fans into the games. Uh, everyone else has said either uh, no, definitely not this year or no for now and reassess later in the year. Mm. And it's all, uh, only 16 weeks. It's not like it's a long season. 
Well, I mean, Plus the playoffs. It's right? the same length as the other sports, except that well, the 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 basketball and the hockey were already through their season, so it's less of a time to do it. You know, the basketball season is sixteen weeks. It's more. It's games, around though. there, yeah. It's around there, plus the playoffs, but they had already completed it the mm-hmm. pre-COVID, so they for the most part, yeah. yeah. And and ba- base, uh, basketball set they were in a bubble. They basically all traveled to Disney. They said they're not going to do that again, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know. They don't want to. This morning, the commissioner said that they're probably not going to be back till January, mm-hmm. and they're hoping to maybe have fans. They they are not planning on it being a bubble, but but it will be in the arenas. Knows? Yeah, but who knows? Yeah, and how's There's baseball doing? Any more insane outbreaks? There have been no yeah. insane outbreaks, but every week or so, you'll hear a team had a couple of cases or something, and then I that see. team sits out, and then they play double headers to make it up. Yeah. Wait, so then they have COVID, and then the players get over COVID in a certain well, amount of time, and they're fine to play. They test positive. They have to keep getting tested like every day after they test positive to see if it was a false positive or whatever. Mm. And as soon as they test negative, they have like a two-day window, uh, and then they, that player can come back. Uh, but the team itself, which I think is insane, doesn't have a mandatory like layoff once they have a te- positive test. All that has to happen is everyone on the team tests negative, and back they to get work. to play again. Yeah. Which is ridiculous because you can test negative and carry it. You could have been yeah. affected by this player. So I just think it's hilariously awful what they're doing. But they've gotten away with it so far. There's been no catastrophe. The yeah. real scary thing is that when the playoffs start, which is, I believe, next Monday, yeah. they are doing a bubble. They're doing uh, four, four stadiums are going to house all of the playoffs. The two in California, two in Texas. Well, and, is that right away, or is that once the second round starts? Uh, I thought it was the first round. Maybe I'm. I think the first round, it's all at the higher seated team stadium. Oh. And then from there, after like second round on, it'll be a bubble. I well, think. whenever it is, though, my my issue with that is, what if someone? What are they going to do? Are they going to wait two weeks before starting these bubble yeah. games? Because you can bring something in, yeah. undetected, and then in the middle of the NLCS, you'll have seventeen people have COVID. Yeah. And then, well, isn't there a, a, like a two week period? I guess that's the Super Bowl because the Pro Bowl is in between it. Yeah, I guess yeah, you that's that's you with the football knowledge. Uh, but the but baseball, interestingly enough, is not having off days this year. They're just going to play the playoffs straight through because they're in a bubble. There's no travel days or anything. Hmm. Uh, but yeah, it's just very strange. Like you know, they're not the whole point of a bubble, which the NHL and the NBA both did, is that you get everyone in there. They wait two weeks. They keep testing them. They basically live there. It's like a campus. Yeah. And then you know nobody has anything, and then you don't let anybody in or out. So what is the point of a bubble if you're bringing in all these people and not giving them that two-week cushion to make sure they don't have anything? It just sounds good. They just Now they could say, yeah, we're doing the bubble. It's not the same at all, but yeah, it's going to be great. Huge clusterfuck. I just, you know, they're getting very lucky. They've gotten very lucky up to this point. Yeah. All righty. Well, on that note, I think that uh, there's just one thing left to do. Get to leave, get to say goodbye for now. 
we got to leave and we got to say goodbye to our top live cast band of the week. You could be a top live cast band of the week by subscribing to our Patreon, patreon.com slash metal injection livecast. And for the $10, you get a shout out at the end of the show. And also the $10 tier. Rob, lower the music. Yeah. The $10 tier also has. Uh, access. Uh, you could also do the ten dollars tier for a year if you're feeling frisky. If you got money burning a hole in your pocket, and you get the fifteen percent discount. So that's Patreon.com/slash Metal Injection Livecast. We got Eric. Was our top livecast fan of the week? We've got Robaganoush. Hey, Justin. Who? What? Robaganoush. Oh, good. Say it louder, Rob. Yeah. Rob again. Loud and proud. You said turn and the music sexy. down, not yourself. <laughs> Son of a bitch. I want to. St- I want to do it. I, I recently watched uh, the ass- the assassination of Gianni Versace. It was an FX series. I watched it. It's so good. I disagree. <laughs> oh wait. Okay, maybe I don't remember the them. Versace one. You saw the Versace one or the Ricky Martin. The- Ricky Martin was in it, Penelope Cruz. Oh, no, no, no. It was a different, it was like a series. Yeah, I, I mean, know. it was a mini series. It was like eight episodes. But anyway. There was no Ricky Martin in it. Okay, then it was different. Uh, but so uh, Penelope Cruz plays Donatella Versace, and she does the funniest accent. So I would like to do it. Do it. So just to give you an, an example, she'd be like, Gianni. It's like my, she was doing like the Maya Rudolph. Donatella Versace. Yeah. Gianni, what are you doing? <laughs> so, with that said, let me do the top live cast fans of the week. We have Eric, Rabba Ganoush, aka Justin, Benjamin, El Dudalino, Dan R, you are the beauty, Cattle Dicas. Mindy Mayer's Kipper, Croc Destroyer, Sam, I am, I is, <laughs> Jander, Chasso Chassusets, Lacroix, the Crustacean Sensation, aka God's Ash Bazhelov. <laughs> Dallas. This just sounds like if Mama Raba was a vampire. <laughs> Raba Vampiro. <laughs> vampiro. Vampiro. <laughs> we have a shame. Hugo, why are you like the tacos? Here goes. Now it's Mala Raba if she was Sal the jerk off bomber. <laughs> hey, God. It's Josh. Those are our top live cast fans of the week. Thank you. And thank you to all of our live cast stars for listening. We'll be back next week, 6.30 p.m. Eastern for a brand new episode you could have always check out the archives we're on spotify we're on apple Podcasts. we're all over the place please check us out give us a rating give us a review it helps our rankings it helps our listing and don't you want to help us please all right we're out bye bye, bye. bye.
Sid is doing something weird with his hand. <laughs>